What is going on, friends, Nailed It community, valued subscribers, listeners, viewers. I love you guys. This is 100 episodes of the Nailed It podcast. So I've been thinking about this one for uh, a couple weeks now, obviously knowing that this milestone is coming up, and I want to do something a little bit special. My original idea was to do 100 lessons learned from 100 episodes, but number one, I didn't really want to do all that work and come up with a list of 100, which really isn't that much work. I could probably come up with that list in probably under an hour. But more importantly, like I didn't just want to sit here and list out 100 different things uh, that I wasn't going to be able to dig into and go into in any depth because I didn't really think that would provide a lot of value to you guys, right? So I came up with a list of 10 business lessons learned from 100 episodes of podcasting. And these are in no particular order. These are maybe not even my top 10, but after combing through my content, not actually listening to all of it, but like just going through the episodes and you know the guests and reflecting on different conversations and things like that, I extracted these 10 lessons that are kind of like the common denominators of success I've seen among some of the things I've talked about on my solo episodes, some of the experiences that I've had in business, and then most importantly, more significantly, uh, extracting some of these lessons and insights and commonalities from the guests, from the amazing guests that we've had here on the show. We've had leaders from uh, the construction industry, from the roofing industry. We've had uh, owners and CEOs of $100 million companies. We've had owners of some of the, the top 100 roofing companies in the US. We've got guys and girls that are you know smaller companies that are looking to get to that first you know one or $2 million mark and really everywhere in between. We've got sales leaders, we've got marketing leaders, we've got uh, people that are big on, on culture and, and core values and things like that. Uh, from really all walks of life, from all different aspects of the roofing and contracting industry. And uh, I try to extract you know, some of the common themes that come up over and over and over again. And uh, this list was actually pretty easy to make. I made it in about 10 minutes because these are things that, uh, you know, I, lo I love the podcast because I love to share the value with you guys, but like I, I get to have conversations with like some pretty awesome people. So I'm always taking notes, I'm always learning things, and I'm always trying to apply these different lessons uh, in my own business, in my own life, things that I can share with others here on the show, things I can share when I go to events, whether we're speaking or attending or whatever it might be. So I'm gonna share with you the, the 10 lessons, or not the 10 lessons, but 10 lessons, because there are more than 10, but 10 lessons for today on the first 100 episodes of the Nailed It show. But before we get into that, I wanna share two things with you that I don't normally get into, but since we're at this milestone, I wanna take a little bit extra time, if you will, to share a couple things with you. So, number one would be a, a call to action. I wanna share a call to action with you. How nice of me, right? I don't normally have call to actions, and this is not uh, you know, a sales pitch or anything like that. This is simply, if you have gotten value out of this content over the past, I don't even know when we started the podcast, a year and a half ago maybe, uh, if you've gotten value out of the podcast, out of the show, out of any of the content that I put out, that we put out as a company, I would absolutely love it and appreciate it if you could go to your podcast listening app of choice and leave a rating, leave a review, uh, make sure you're definitely subscribed so that way we can reach more people. 
And the benefit、uh, to you of us reaching more people is that we get to have more amazing guests on that we can extract more value from and share those insights with everyone. So the more people that are exposed to this content, the more people we can have in our ecosystem, in our community, in our Facebook group, listening to the content, and then as guests on our show, so that we can help one another level up. A rising tide lifts all ships, so we can all help one another level up at the same time. Simply by liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing the podcast. If you're over on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague,、uh, follow us on social media on our Contractor Dynamics social media channels. Follow me on Facebook, Joseph Hughes, on LinkedIn, Joseph Hughes, on Instagram at Hey Joseph Hughes on Instagram.、Uh, really active on there in the DMs and everything like that. So、uh, let's just continue to build this community.、Uh, I know that I'm talking to a camera here. I got a microphone going. Like we're not face to face, but I feel like this is a community because I know that. A lot of us get to meet in person at some of the industry events. We get to collaborate inside our Facebook group, our Nailed It Facebook group, which is, by the way, a free Facebook group if you want to check that out. And then some of us get to interact as clients inside our marketing training programs, which is awesome. So whatever the the situation is, whatever our relationship is, I hope that we provide have provided you with value, and、uh, you know, simply share this and spread the love. That's all I ask. And then number two, before we get into the ten lessons, I I want to share. I don't normally do this. I think that I think we all have like a propensity to like want to talk about others and share others, and not so much talk about ourselves. However, I've been on a few podcasts lately as a guest, and I've been sharing my story, the story of Contractor Dynamics, and I want to share it here.、Uh, I want to be pretty brief with it because it's kind of still like the the preamble to the episode, if you will. But I want to share it here to give you some context because I know that we've got a lot of new listeners. Uh, we've got a lot of people that have been listening and watching for a while that probably don't know what we do, and I know for a fact that one of the weaknesses here that we have, that I have, that Contractor Dynamics has, is that we are, while we're really good at putting out a lot of content consistently, just like this, we are not so good at letting people know exactly what we do and how we can help them. We actually just onboarded a brand new client yesterday, a small roofing company owner in Florida. I, I said, "Hey,、uh, you know, I, I've never like we've never interacted or we've never met or anything.、Uh, you just sent me a, a DM one day, and you wanted to learn more about what we do. And the next day, you're a client, and here we are onboarding you. I'm like." Like, what's your story? Like, because that doesn't normally happen, right?、Uh, so he's like, "No, I've been following your content for a while. I wasn't really sure exactly what you did. I knew it was something related to marketing, but I heard you do a, a brief interview on a show on YouTube recently, and it really clicked as to what you guys do. And that's exactly what I was looking for. So I want to share this story, not just to you know try to to sell or anything like that, but to share some context because." Um, value alignment is key, and if our values align, and if we can help you solve a problem, we can help you get unstuck, we can help you grow your business. Then I want to,、uh, you know, do you a service and let you know how we can help you do that. And then the other side of that really is. There's a lot of information out there, right? There's a lot of noise out there these days. There's a lot that we can pay attention to, a lot that we shouldn't pay attention to, and it's really important to know like where this information is coming from. Like, this is this good info? Is this guy just like spewing nonsense? Like, does this guy have some real business chops? Like, should I be listening to him? That sort of thing. So I want to share because, like, you know, having the context for your information is super important. All right, so let me try to make this short. As a quick backstory, my name is Joe Hughes. I am the owner here at Contractor Dynamics. 
the company behind the Nailed It podcast, behind the Nailed It Facebook group. I live here at the Jersey Shore with my wife of 12 years and our 10-year-old son, our seven-year-old daughter, and our one-year-old dog. And uh, we live near the beach, a couple miles from the beach, so we, uh, we love it down here. My wife and I both grew up in this town where we live and uh, moved around a little bit, went to school up in Boston, lived up in North Jersey for a while, a couple other spots, and then when it was time to start having a family a bunch of years ago, we decided to settle back down where family and friends are, here near the beach, um, which is you know what we love. So I grew up here uh, working in my family's construction business, so I know that we probably have a lot of people listening, watching, who are either in family businesses right now or been family businesses, maybe you're working for a family business or you have worked for one, whatever, the family business atmosphere is kind of you know everywhere right so I grew up in my family's business called Hughes Marine Firms uh, HughesMarine.com if you want to do any googling around check them out pretty cool so the company started that company started in 1894 1894 that's crazy right uh, so they're 128 years old right now I'm recording this in 2022 and still going very strong like still growing year in and year out which is pretty amazing like you don't hear of many businesses lasting one years or you know 10 years you know whatever the stats are it's like two percent of businesses make it to 10 years well like I don't know how many businesses make it to 100 years but it's got to be a very minuscule percentage anyway that company is a maritime construction and uh, transportation um, equipment rental, real estate company. It's kind of a conglomerate of a few different companies wrapped up into Hughes Marine Firms. It actually is a few different firms in one. And um, I, got to, I got to learn a lot in that family business. I started when I was 14. My first job was, uh, was getting in the back of a pickup truck, in the back seat, not the, the cab, uh, the back seat of a pickup truck and uh, waking up at 5 a.m., going to work the shift up in the shipyard in Brooklyn, New York, the 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. blue collar shift and uh, you know, doing a bunch of blue collar stuff, right? Uh, painting barges and tugboats, welding steel, driving a forklift, driving a tugboat, you know, doing all sorts of random things and, and working alongside of people from literally all over the world, from all walks of life, like really got to know different perspectives and things like that. So tremendous experience working there in the summers and then in college working there winters and spring break and everything like that. And then I got the opportunity to work in the office, the headquarters here in New Jersey for about seven years after graduating college and got to learn so much about business. Like we're a small business. We had probably 10 people in the office and you know 20 or 30 outside in the shipyard. Um, so we got to learn everything from like sales and marketing and, and business development and going to meet with customers and project management and business planning and banking and insurance and HR and hiring and things like that. So a lot of different aspects. It was really, I have a business degree uh, from business school, but like you really don't learn until you like get into the trenches and actually like do business, right? Um, you can read all the textbooks you want, but it's not until you're actually like at the conference room table, like in the boardroom, having conversations, dealing with people and real issues that you really like get your business chops, right? Your, your business degree. So I learned a lot, had a really good opportunity to learn from my dad and my uncles, my cousins and family members. Really, really cool. I left that business uh, in 2012. I left on good terms, right? So I qualify that because uh, you know, for, on service level, it's like, well, you know, you got a hundred year old business, you're a sixth generation family member, like, you know, job security, like all this stuff. Like, why would you leave unless you got in a fight with your family member or something like that? Right. Well, that wasn't the case. I left on good terms. I still have amazing relationships with all my family members. 
Uh, I, and some of you might understand this if you're you know, entrepreneurs, I had the desire, I had the calling, I had the, the burning fire within to go out there and start something my own. As grateful as I was for the experience, for the opportunity to be in the family biz, I had this desire to say, hey, you know what? I've got one life to live and I wanna go out there and create something of my own, see what I can do out in this big wide world. So that's exactly what I did. I left in 2012, I kind of figured it out for a few months and in 2013, I started Contractor Dynamics. So we are going on our 10th year, believe it or not, we still, uh, I feel very much like a startup. I feel, you know, the scrappy small business kind of growing and all, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, we've got a lot of traction. We've got a lot of good systems and people and things like that, but I still feel like, you know, I'm still as hungry as a startup. I guess that's the way to put it. Uh, but started in 2013, had the construction background, had the, the business background, had and still have a passion for marketing. And I saw the, the huge need for marketing in the construction industry, as there still is today. And you know, the need for you know, marketing and software and just some basic business practices and automation and technology and things like that. So I said, you know, why not combine my passion with my background and start Contractor Dynamics? So that's what I did uh, for the first seven years, ran a full service marketing agency where built websites, ran ads, did SEO, did all those things. And then in 2019, we transitioned away from those, what we call done for you services into a training company. So what we are today, we are 100% a marketing training company. What the heck does that mean? A lot of you are familiar with like sales training companies. Well, it's a very similar concept, except we are marketing training. We train roofing and contracting and construction companies on how to do their own marketing, how to create their own content, how to run their own ads and marketing, how to generate their own appointments and sales, how to really build a marketing system inside their business. And the reason I share that, and the reason that that's important is because uh, if you take nothing else from this episode, if you stop this episode in, in two minutes after I get done with this little rant, then you will have gotten a ton of value out of this because I, I wanna share this because it's a, it's a mindset shift, okay? So what most contracting companies do is they're like, all right, you know, I own this contracting company, I don't know marketing, I don't wanna figure it out, I'm already working 14 hours a day, I'm already wearing you know, 12 different hats, I don't wanna figure this marketing thing out, I just wanna you know, pay someone else to figure it out, pay an agency, pay a marketer, buy some leads, whatever, to make my phone ring, okay? That worked back in 2015, 2016, like we did that for clients and we did really well at it. We built a whole company and team and agency off of that. But, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, more people, more businesses on social media, on the web, you know, more content out there, we're inundated, our attention spans are shorter. That no longer works, okay? What happens with most contracting companies is they'll hire a marketer, they hire a web guy, they hire a freelancer, they hire a marketing agency, they buy some leads. They have all these like subcontractors orbiting around the business that are not talking to one another. There's no cohesive plan. There's no general contractor who's kind of directing their activities and communicating and getting everyone on the same page. So there's this subcontractor model, like picture if you're gonna build a house, right? And you just told a bunch of subcontractors to show up on Monday and build a house. Like they're probably gonna figure out how to build some sort of structure that might look like a house or 
you know, a lean-to or something like that, right? Like they might figure it out. It's not going to be very functional. It's not going to be. It's not going to last long. It's going to be pretty ugly, right? Well, that's exactly what happens with most marketing in the contracting industry. There is no general contractor. There's no blueprint. There's no set of plans. There's no project schedule. There's no accountability. There's no weekly meetings. There's none of that, right? So we train companies on how to general contract their own marketing, whether they're self-performing their own marketing, 100% or if they're doing some of it themselves and then they're subbing out some of the different technical pieces, okay? Which is what most of our clients do. Most of our clients that are in our marketing training program still work with an outside outside agency or a web company or whatever to help with some of those technical aspects. And we do the same thing as well as a marketing company, right? And that is the model, like you've gotta have that general contractor inside your company so that you have control over your ability to generate your own customers, okay? Marketing, like, Customer acquisition is one of the key systems of any business, I don't care who you are. So to, to outsource that and to, to leave that up to someone else is really irresponsible as a leader, as a business owner. So um, I get, sorry, I get passionate about this, I get heated about this, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Like this, is like, like this is so important for me to get across. So again, if you cut this off now, if you stop this episode and just think about that and implement that, your business will be drastically better. Uh, and I, I stand behind that. So now you have some context as to where I come from, you know, what this guy Joe is doing in your earbuds or on your phone or on your computer or whatnot. And um, what we do is we train contracting companies every single day. We ho- have a whole team that does it on marketing, on creating content, building their own ads, generating their own sales. We also coach them on some non-marketing related issues. Uh, you know, HR, sales processes, hiring, things like that. So we are in the trenches doing this stuff day in and day out. Like in any given week, I would say we have half a dozen group calls and we have probably 10 to 30, depending on the week, one-on-one, like one-on-one calls. So like we're having dozens of calls and meetings every week with clients. We are on the road every month at an event, speaking, uh, doing a workshop, hosting an event, attending an event. Like we are elbows deep in this stuff every day. So what I'm sharing with you is stuff that our guests have shared on the podcast, but also like sprinkled in with like the experience of us being in the trenches every day for almost 10 years doing this stuff. So, um, So I'm excited to dig in and I hope you are too. All right, so these lessons, these 10 lessons are again, not the top 10, there's definitely more. These are the 10 I could think of and they are in no particular order. I just listed them out in the order in which I thought of them. So number one, get off the truck. Get off the freaking truck, get off the roof, take the tool belts off, get in your office, get behind the computer and work on your business, not in your business, okay? Whatever variation you wanna put in there, Less work in the business, more work on the business. Now, we've all heard this, right? We've all heard this multiple times, probably dozens of times. You probably heard it from me a few times, right? Uh, this is something that we all know, yet yet we all need to do a better job of, including myself. One of the first books, I think it was the first business book I ever read, is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. And Michael E. Gerber, very short book. I, I highly recommend it to anyone. They also have an E-Myth Revisited for... Uh, contractors, I think. It's a yellow book. Anyway, he talks about the technician and the business owner, working in versus working on, okay? Just because you're a good plumber, you can fix toilets, doesn't mean you're a good uh, plumbing company owner. So you've gotta learn a whole new set of skills and you've gotta intentionally work on the business. 
And so whether that's getting out of the truck, whether it's getting off the roof, whether it's taking the tool belts off, getting out of the fields, into the office, you don't need to sit at a computer like I do for 10 hours a day, but like you've gotta be working more on the business, more intentionally. The leaders, the, the, the CEOs of big companies that I've had on my show, they are not out in the field, they're not on the roof, they're not in the truck. They're in the office, they're leading their team, they're working on strategy, or they're in the conference room, like they are working on the business, they're thinking about high level problem solving systems and things like that. They're hiring people, they're building culture, they're communicating the vision, the mission, and core values, and they're driving that ship. So take it from, you know, take it from me, take it from some of the amazing guests we've had on our show. Uh, I'm not gonna name any in particular, but like, you know, every leader that is building something cool is, you know, they're not 100% working on the business, but like they're moving in that direction, right? They're intentionally focused on doing less in the business and more on the business. And that's something that we have done this year uh, as a company at Contractor Dynamics. We have been following EOS, EOS Worldwide, the entrepreneurial operating system. And we've been, I've been focused on delegating and elevating and building our team and, and working less in the business so I can develop leaders and, and grow the company and have a bigger impact. Number two, have a clear vision of where you're going. Okay, different ways to phrase this. Stephen Covey, start with the end in mind. Have a clear vision, know where you're going. This is going to help you build a game plan so you can actually get there, right? It's really hard to know if we hit our goals or know what to do or know what steps to make or know what next hires to make if we don't know where we're going, if we don't have that clear vision. On top of that, it's really hard to recruit people to join our mission if we are not clear on that vision and if we're not communicating that with our team. One of the, the best resources I have on this is a book called Vivid Vision by Cameron Herald. Amazing book, small book. You can read it in you know an hour or two, but it's one of those books where you need to read it and then actually do the exercise. He guides you through creating a three-year vision for your business, like a real painted picture of exactly what your business looks like 36 months from now. Really powerful stuff. We went through it uh, earlier this year in my Impact Syndicate Mastermind. I've gone through the, uh, the book several times. I continue to work and refine my vivid vision so that I have that for myself as a leader, but I can also share that with our team to let everyone know like where we're going, right? Because we need everyone rowing in the same direction. And it's amazing to me how many people just continue to work hard and don't have that vivid vision. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they wanna build. Um, that you know that can include like you know how big do you want your company to be? How many people do you want? What do you want your team to look like? How many locations do you have? Uh, how many uh, services or products do you want to offer? You know all that sort of thing. How many jobs do you want to do every year, every month, or you know whatever it might be? All those detailed things you need to get clear on before you can recruit people to join your mission. I'll get into that a little bit uh, when I get into alignment, but having a clear vision, like take the time to do that. Like it is super important. Number three, leaders create leaders. This is something that I picked up early on after, I think it was Kurt Lindington of Linear Roofing, it was Logan Graff of Crest Roofing, some of the bigger dogs, some of the top 100 roofing companies in the industry, in the country rather, uh, talking about like what they focus on every day is not working with their customers, not working with projects, it's leading leaders, it's creating leaders. And not just leaders in business, but a lot of the, even some of the smaller companies, my buddy Sam Kaufman uh, at Level One Construction in Charleston, South Carolina, smaller company, growing a big company, but like he's focused, I think they have meetings is it every other week, every other Monday or whatever it is, they're working on like personal development things with their team. They're working on things like, you know, how to, how to you know, budget, 
how to save money for a house, how to like get, you know, uh, clear up your credit, how to maybe stop some destructive personal habits that you might have, like how to have better relationships with your, your spouse or your family, like all these things, right? So leaders create leaders, not just in business, but they're creating overall well-rounded leaders focused on personal development, business development, and that's how you know we get everyone on the same page going in the same direction. Uh, so that's been something that I've been really excited about this year. I can't say that I spent all my time doing that yet because I'm still kind of in the business, on the business, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out. But I am very excited. I'm very obsessed with like the leaders that we have and then bringing people in that I know can be leaders and continuing to develop them, to coach them. That is something that I am, uh, that gets me very excited these days. So leaders create leaders. Number four, know your numbers. I know, I know, we hear this all the time, right? It's like everyone tells you, you need to know your numbers. It's absolutely true. And I can't sit here and tell you that we have all our numbers down pat, and then we have you know, all our dashboards and scorecards are nice and organized. We're working on that. It's a work in progress. However, what I've seen personally is that the more that we work on that and the more we pay attention to that, the better decisions we're able to make and the better our business becomes. And the leaders that I've had on our podcast are all practitioners of knowing their numbers, their financial numbers, their sales numbers, their marketing numbers, their you know employee numbers, their how many projects they're doing on uh, on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis, like the seasonality of how many projects they're doing and things like that. What gets measured gets managed. That's from Peter Drucker, the iconic business guru, business strategist, and it is absolutely true. Like we cannot improve anything unless we actually know like what we're starting from, right? So it's like, hey, I wanna improve my closing percentage. Well, what is your closing percentage, right? So how do we look at that? It might be 30%. Well, what's the goal? Wanna get to 35% or 40% or 60%, whatever that might be, we've gotta start with that baseline. One of the things that we've implemented specifically here at Contractor Dynamics is the EOS system where we have a scorecard where we review that scorecard every Monday in our level 10 leadership meeting. And on that scorecard, there's I think 10 different metrics. We have a goal for each one for every week. And then we go through each of those 10 metrics every Monday. And and we look at the actuals, right? We have the goal, we have the actuals. And what this enables us to do is we have visibility as to what's going on in our business. There's a few things in there that are sales related, marketing related, uh, financial, cash. Uh, Then there's a few things related to our team and our clients. So it's like a pretty comprehensive list in just 10 different variables that we're testing or that we're measuring. And what that enables us to do, again, is have that visibility, but also we can see trends, okay? So if sales are down, or you know, if, if sales appointments are down for three weeks, well, we know that it's gonna result in, in a slower sales month, right? Uh, so we can look at those trends and say, hey, why, you know, why has this been below our goal for three weeks? This is an issue that we then need to address, right? So we, we're able to identify those trends, we're able to make better decisions about investing in growth, about hiring people, about financials, like whatever it might be, it is so key. We also measure our people, right? So if one of our team members, we have red, yellow, and green. If one of our team members has been yellow for like two or three weeks in a row, well, like what's going on with that team member? Like why why are they yellow? Like do they need, do we need to have a meeting? Do we need to have like a sit down? Do we need to like, you know, help them work through some things? Are they overwhelmed? Like what's going on there, right? So what gets measured gets managed, know your numbers. One of the resources that can really help with this is the book Traction, which is part of the EOS library. You'll hear me mention Traction and EOS a lot, but that helps you to build out that scorecard that you can then look at. The idea is to be able to look at this scorecard. If you were away, you know, if you're away in Fiji for a month, right? 
and you only looked at that scorecard every single Monday or, or once a week or whatever, you would have a really good pulse on how the business is operating just by looking at that scorecard. Like that's the goal of that, right? So traction is really good resource for that. Know your numbers. Number five, value alignment is everything. What the heck is value alignment even? Uh, I always thought the core values were something that like, you know, big fancy companies do and you, you do your core values, you put them on a plaque in the conference room and, and you know, no one ever looks at them, right? And I was always of the, the mindset of like, all right, well, you know, once we get to like a certain level, whatever that level is, uh, then we become like a real company, uh, then we need to, you know, be like official and have core values. Um, that's not the case. I would recommend doing, getting clear on your core values, establishing them, sharing with your team as early as possible. We actually didn't start doing it till uh, January of this year, which is really our ninth year in business. I was at a leadership uh, business event and we went through the exercise and I said, you know what? It's time for us to get serious about this. I did the core values, brought the exercise back to the team, went through some things, tweaked some things, and now this year has been transformative for our business. And, and, and my life really, uh, because it's that important, right? We hire, we fire, we reward, we recognize by our core values. You'll see a lot of them in our content. We have our purpose, our, our vision, our purpose, our core values, like communicate with our team. We have uh, all of our, our sales appointments. We go through our core values with a prospective client to sh because we wanna make sure we're bringing on the right clients, right? Our first interview with any potential team members is all about values. We're not talking about skills. We're not talking about experience. We're not talking about technical aspects of the job. We're talking about values. Like, hey, let's have a conversation. If our values align, then great. Let's have a second conversation. If our values don't align, then, then we're done, all right? We're separate ways. Uh, value alignment is key. Whether you know, you're hiring, whether it is uh, vendors, suppliers, going to events, uh, doing content. Like it's a big thing for us doing content with different people, uh, going to events, speaking at events. Like there's certain events that we don't go to because the organizations or the leaders behind those events don't share the same values as we have. And for us, it doesn't take a lot. It's like, it's, it's a hell yes or it's a no, right? So this event, it's not like, oh, hell yes. I love these guys. They're great. I really believe in them. In my gut, I know they're good people. If it's not that, it's a no. And it's just as simple as that, right? Value alignment is everything. In this day and age, like, like people look at that. People look at, okay, who are these guys aligning with? Who are they doing content with? Like who are they doing work with, right? And they're making these judgments um, based on what they see. And you know, that's one part of it. The other part of it is like, it's, it's real integrity. Like I wanna be integral with our values and make sure that we're only doing business with people that, that, that we love and that we, we share values with. And we only have people on our team that share those values. So get clear on core values. Um, there's a lot of resources on core values. Go through, uh, the, you can go to eosworldwide.com, check out some of the resources there. And you can Google, uh, there's a whole bunch of books and resources on it. I forget what exactly I consulted, but um, it's, it's a worthwhile exercise to go through. Doesn't matter if you're a one-man show or you have 100 people in your company, get clear in your core values and like live and die by them. Like we show them in our content, like we, we, uh, we have a Slack channel on our team, uh, in our team chat, we're you know, recognizing people like every week by core values and things like that. Um, it's really cool, it's really transformative. Number six, follow proven frameworks. What's a framework? 
So there's systems, there's processes, there's frameworks for the way we do things. Frameworks to me is like, the, you know, when you frame out a house or you frame out a building, like that's the frame, right? You can have, you know, different floors, you can have different interiors, painting, wallpaper, whatever, things are gonna look different, but like there's the, the frame is like the same, right? Like you have the foundation, you have the frame, you have, uh, you know, all the other components of that building. So you might have a sales framework, you might have a marketing framework, you might have a framework for hiring, you might have a production framework for the way that you do uh, the bills and things like that, whatever you're doing. Um, so what this enables you to do is not figure out everything from scratch, not try to figure out everything on your own. I tried to figure out everything on my own the first three years in business. I thought for some reason that we were unique and also it's my personality, like that blue collar work ethic where like I'm an, I'm an individual type worker. Like I, I do better working by myself and then like collaborating, then meeting with other people versus like sitting around a conference room and working together. So I'm like a more individ, individualistic worker. Um, so I just wanna figure out everything on my own. The first three years of our business, I struggled. Uh, we didn't get a lot of traction. We didn't have a lot of business success. I didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't until uh, three years in, I hired my first business coach, Tim, uh, to where I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like my business model is not unique. Like I can learn from these guys. I can learn from these guys. Uh, I'm not gonna you know, eliminate the mistakes I'm gonna make, but I can limit them, right? I can shorten that learning curve a little bit. I'm still gonna have bumps and bruises along the way and hurdles along the way and setbacks, but maybe I can minimize some of those, right? Maybe I can make that, that journey a little bit more enjoyable because we're sharing it with other people and we're learning from one another. And maybe it's a little bit less stressful and things like that, right? So follow proven frameworks. Uh, this could be like a mastermind program. This could be a marketing training program, wink, wink. This could be a sales training program. It could be, you know, going to a conference and learning from others. It could be, you know, reading a book and implementing like EOS Worldwide, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. That is a framework in which we operate our business, okay? I could try to figure out, you know, a way to, to have meetings and to have all this, you know, rocks and all these other things. But it's like, why try to reinvent the wheel? Like this system has been tested on thousands of companies very successfully. Like why not tap into that and utilize that framework instead of trying to figure it out on our own? So that's something that um, that we've utilized, something that our guests, uh, you know, all the success, not, I wouldn't say all, but like most of the successful ones, you know, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And in a lot of cases, they're, they're very simplistic, right? Like maybe they're not the smartest people and maybe they know that. Like I'm not the smartest guy, so that's why I like to follow frameworks, right? But it's like the smart people almost overcomplicate things, whereas like if you don't know any better, you just kind of follow the scripts and you follow the system, right? And you get success that way. So uh, follow frameworks, a uh, huge uh, commonality among a lot of the guests that we've had on our show. Number seven, challenge your assumptions. We all have assumptions. Assumptions are beliefs that we have about the way the world operates, the way that business is supposed to be, the way that uh, you know our, our bodies uh, move, the way that our relationships are, the way that the world operates, assumptions about how much money I can make or how big I can grow my business or how much demand there is in the market, like whatever it might be, right? Sorry, got a phone call. Anyway, we all have these assumptions and when we're operating in our own head and we're not like sharing with others and we're not like getting out there in the world, it can be really like, it can be really stressful because we have these assumptions. But when we go to events or when we travel or when we get into like a coaching group or a mastermind group or we get a mentor or we're simply like, you know, picking the brain of some other business owner that may or may not be in our, you know, in our industry, it doesn't really matter. 
but getting these different perspectives, like that's why I love traveling, that's why I love going to events, meeting with people, like you you get these different perspectives, you can see how people think, you can see how they operate, you can see how they make decisions, you can see their assumptions, and you might see like why they are maybe where you wanna go, maybe they're a few steps ahead, right? Um, so challenge your assumptions, I'm a big fan of that. Um, there's a book called The Road Less Stupid, Right, The Road Less Stupid, Keith Cunningham. Really good book and it really encourages you to ask a lot of really good questions, ask the right questions, ask the question that you might not be asking yourself in order to find different answers, in order to challenge your assumptions. Um, that's probably one of my top five books of all time, uh, The Road Less Stupid, so check that out. Number eight, take time to think. This is something that we probably all know we should do more of, but if you're like me, you're a hard worker, you know, you're grinding from sun up to sundown, you know, whether it's business, family, fitness, like everything in between, and we don't take enough time to think, right? I am a hard worker, like a good work work ethic is something that is a, is definitely a, an asset for me but it's also a double-edged sword. That can be a liability because a lot of times I'll put my head down, I, I don't have a coffee here, I'll, I'll, I'll slam a lot of coffee and I'll just get to work, right? But we don't wanna like do a lot of work and, and, and you know work really hard if we're not going in the right direction or if we don't know which direction we're going in, right? So the leaders that, that I uh, really you know was inspired by having on our podcast are the ones that you know take time to think, right? Maybe it's, Maybe it's a couple hours a week. Maybe it's the weekends. Maybe it's a quarterly retreat with their their team, or you know, it's getting away for a day in nature or something like that. Like that stuff really helps. One of the things that I do on a practical basis is that I block off every Friday where I have no phone calls, no appointments, no nothing. The only thing we have uh, phone call wise is a group meeting, uh, a team meeting on Zoom, uh, for about 45 minutes max, and that's it. Uh, the rest of the day I'm working, but I'm working on the business, right? I'm strategizing, I'm planning, I'm reflecting, I'm you know working on uh, you know our scorecard and things like that. Like I'm working on the business, I'm doing some thinking, um, and I try to you know get out of my own head, zoom out a little bit, and look at you know try to play some chess, not checkers. Uh, so take time to think. I don't think uh, uh, enough of us do enough of that. I know I don't, but it's something that a lot of our guests have really prioritized. Um, Clarity days, you know, there's different things that people talk about, but take time to think. Number nine, invest in yourself, okay? So this could mean different things. It could mean investing in buying books and consuming content like this, watching videos, going to seminars, going to conferences, you know, different things like that, investing in that knowledge. But it also means investing in your mind, investing in your body, taking care of yourself, getting the right sleep, drinking plenty of water, making sure you're eating right, get taking the right vitamins if you need, maybe stopping some of those destructive uh, habits and behaviors that a lot of us have, right? It's taking care of our mind because I don't know who said it, but I think a lot of people said it, I don't know who to attribute it to, but like there is no such thing as business problems. There are only personal problems that manifest themselves in a business. So, you know, there's nuances to that. Like, I don't know if that's 100% true or factual. Um, it's up for debate, but like, I think we can all, I think that all makes sense on some level to, to a lot of us. You know, when I'm doing really well, you know, I'm dialed in business-wise, I'm focused, I'm creating good content, like right now, I'm doing 75 hard, I'm locked in, I'm eating right, I'm not drinking, I'm working out twice a day, I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm meditating, I'm visualizing, um, I'm doing all those things on a daily basis so that I can be at my best 
to deliver great content, to operate as the leader of our team, to develop leaders, and just to be at my at the best that I can be. And so investing in ourselves is huge. Like we, you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. If we're a complete mess in our personal lives, that's gonna show up in our businesses. That's gonna show up in the way that we lead our people, lead our teams. So we need to make sure that we're investing in ourselves to be the best possible version of ourselves that we can be. I'm a huge personal development nerd. I always have been, uh, I always will be. It's just something that is, is, you know, it's awesome. And I know a lot of you are as well. So um, invest in yourself, don't forget about that. Uh, be intentional about that. All right, number 10. Number 10. Drum roll, the number 10 is do the work. Pretty simple, right? All these things are really simple, but not as hard to do, not as not as easy to do, rather. Now, I know that none of us here is um, gonna be guilty or gonna be accused of, of being lazy, right? We're all hard workers. What doing the work means to me, what I've seen uh, our guests uh, you know, doing the work is like putting in the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the decades in some cases of consistent fundamentals, right? We're all tempted to look for the shortcut, the hack, the the overnight success, you know, the the path to a successful business, right? It does not exist. If you found it, send me a message, let me know. I'd love to have you on the podcast. We'll talk about that, right? Whatever your secret to success is. In my case, you know, I've got some gray hairs in my beard, been doing this for a while, been in business for a couple decades. Uh, and a lot of the leaders that, that we've had on the podcast have shared the same thing, right? There is no secret. It's about showing up every day with intention and doing the fundamentals day in and day out. The compound effect of showing up every day is, is so powerful that we cannot imagine it when we begin, right? The compound effect is, you know, the, it's compounding, right? So it's like, if you invest, if you double a penny, have you ever heard this? If you double a penny every day for 30 days, what do you have after 30 days? Like you start with a single penny and you double that every day for 30 days. It's not really anything significant. So you get to like day 18, day 20, then it starts getting a little bit exciting. By day 30, you have $5.3 million by doubling a single penny every day. And the thing is, you know, for the first 15 days, it's not really that exciting, right? You're not really making much money, but then it starts to double, 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 and you get 5.3 million at the end of 30 days. Well, that's the same concept, and it's much longer than 30 days in business, but it's the same concept, right? You're showing up every day, you're taking care of yourself, you're working out, you're eating right, you're doing the work, you're being intentional about your business, you're tracking your numbers, you're pouring into your leaders, you're learning, you're improving, you're growing, and you are operating by your core values all along the way, and you're gonna build something amazing. So. There is no substitute for doing the work. We all know that. I don't need to tell you that, but I just want to reinforce that concept. If you're not as far along as you want to be, as you think you should be, that's me right here. I'm guilty of that. I have to coach myself on that all the time. My business coach helps me with that all the time. Um, you know, we're all we're all guilty of comparing ourselves to others and things like that. Uh, but don't worry about it, right? Um, we need to focus on what we can control and showing up every day, focusing on the fundamentals, and we will get what we want after a period of time. So do the work. All right, so that's a wrap. Those are 10 business lessons learned from our guests, from our insights over the past 100 episodes, over the past year and a half or so and hope that was valuable for you. I would love it if you could drop a comment or if you can send me a DM on Instagram at Hey Joseph Hughes and let me know 
which, you know, which one or two of those was most valuable to you. Or if you have others where you're like, oh, you should have included this in the top 10. Come on, man, how could you leave that out? Let me know what I should have included and uh, we could possibly include that in a further episode, future episode of the Nailed It Show, all right? So shoot me a DM at Hey Joseph Hughes. I would love to, love to interact. Uh, you know, I love people, I love having conversations. I love geeking out over this stuff. And uh, I hope that this provided you with some value. I truly appreciate your attention, your time, your energy. I know that you have a million different places and things that you could be giving your attention to right now. And I value that you're spending it, you're investing in yourself, you're investing in me, you're trusting me to guide you, and uh, and I take that very seriously. So thank you so much. Again, uh, as a favor, please share this, please subscribe, please leave a rating, a review, whatever it is, just spread the love. And uh, man, this is 100 episodes. I am pumped to continue this journey. Uh, we're gonna be doing two or three every week moving forward, so we're gonna get to a few hundred in no time. But guess what? I'm gonna take it one at a time and just gonna get better with every single episode and focus on delivering more value every single episode uh, so that we can all level up together. So that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Nailed It Podcast. Don't forget to get your free training videos at contractordynamics.com.